0: Come on, you can do better than that. This is God's word, word, not Pastor Evans' word. word. I am who it says I am. I I I can do what it says I can do. I can can be who it says I can be. be And I will have what it says I can have. Today, Today, I will hear the word of God. I I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around the greatness of your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. As we hear the word from the Spirit of God this morning, we thank you for breathing afresh on your word that everyone here today will be ministered to by your Spirit and they will not go home spiritually unfed. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed every person here. And we thank you and give you praise and worship in advance that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Looks like I only have about 12 minutes or so, Well I think I can do it. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I want to see him do this. <laughs> Today, we're going to put a pause on our current teaching series, which is called How to Have a Better Life. Say that with me. Say how to have a better life. And because today is Father's Day, I decided to share something that I believe would not only minister to our fathers, but also help everyone else. And so today's topic, if you're taking notes, is the love of the Father. The love of the Father. And I have four simple points this morning that I want to go over with you. Because I believe in today's society that God has gotten a bad rap. So many people have... Uh, allow the circumstances of life and the things that they're going through and the negative experiences of others to deflate their faith in God. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we need faith in order for God to work in our lives. And so this morning I have four simple points and I want you to write them down. The first point is God is with us. Say that with me. Say "God God is with us. My second point is that God is for us. Say that with me. Say God God is for us. The third point is that God forgives us. Say that with me. Say God God forgives us. And then number four is God loves us. Say that with me. Say "God God loves us. What was point number one? God is with us. What's point number two? God is for us. What's point number three? God forgives us. And what's my last point? God loves us if you would turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 21 Genesis chapter 21 we're going to now start out by looking about God is with us and here's something that I want you to write down under that point and that is this God wants us to know that he is with us even when our natural fathers may not be see some of you are here today you weren't able to celebrate Father's Day like you normally would because your father may not be here with you. But I want you to see through God's word today that it's great to have our natural fathers, but it's even greater to have our spiritual father because without our spiritual father, there would be no natural father. In Genesis chapter 21, are you there? I'm starting in verse 8 or uh, 18. Well, let's start in verse 8 and then we're going to jump down. It says now, this is talking about... Uh, Abraham Isaac and Ishmael and it says and the child grew and was weaned and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Isaac was Abraham's second son, but he was the promised son that God had promised Abraham originally. And so Abraham did like many of us sometimes. God makes us a promise, but we don't have the patience to wait on God, and so we do things our way. And that's what happened to Abraham. Abraham did something his own way, and so he ended up having a first son, but it wasn't by his wife it was a it was by his wife's maiden that sounds like a kid out of wedlock to me what do you think amen and so many people are ashamed because you couldn't control whether your parents were married well it didn't matter whether your parents were married to god he knew you were gonna get here anyway And so listen now to the next verse, verse 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, who was the the, the maiden or the slave or the helper, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out, throw this bondwoman out and her son. For the son of this bondwoman will not be in heir with my son, even with Isaac. Now, we thought that baby mama drama took place in 2010. It actually started in Genesis. That's baby mama drama right there. So here it is. Abraham's wife is with his second son, which is really supposed to be the first son. And the first son is there in the house. And she said, get him out. Well, let's see how Abraham handled this situation. Wherefore, said. uh. Uh, In verse 11, and the thing was very grievous to Abraham's sight because it was his son. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in your sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman and all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken or listen unto her voice. Let me just put a plug in here. If you are a man of God and you married, if you don't listen to your wife, sometimes you are crazy. Do you know women have a sixth sense? You know, when you go to your wife and say, what did you think about that? And she goes, you know, I don't feel right about that. And you go, well, explain it to me. And she can't explain it. She just say, I just don't feel right about it. Well, you better trust the feelings. Well, the Bible says God told Abraham to hearken or listen to his voice. And he said, do as she has said. Hearken to her voice, for for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Look at verse 13. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because she is thy seed, or he is thy seed. Verse 14. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he took some what? Come on, class. He took some what? Bread. He took some bread, and he took a bottle of water. Now, let me just put a plug here. Abraham was a very rich man. So now... He's a rich man, but not paying proper child support. Come on now. I know you didn't want me to touch that subject, but some of you all in here need to pay your child support. If you can't give it, I'll give her some. Amen. I hear some of y'all thinking, Pastor, I'm too behind. You're never too behind. They're your kids. Watch this now. He gave her a bottle of water and some bread, he put it on her shoulder. Verse. Uh, 14 and the child and sent her away and she departed and wandered into the wilderness and the water went away or was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under the shrubs and she went and sat down over against him a good way off as it were a bow shot for she said let me not see the death of my child and she sat over against him and she began to lift her voice and she wept but then look at verse 17 what's the first two words in that verse and God and God what happened and God heard what did he hear he heard the voice of the land Even though the mother was crying, God heard the cry of the lad and then an angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what is ailing you, Hagar? He said, fear not for God has heard the voice of the baby where he is arise, take the lad and hold him in your hand for I am going to make him a great nation. In other words, God still made sure that this unfathered baby was going to still be a successful person. And there is no reason in life that we, whether we have natural dads here or not, should not be able to succeed in life because God is the ultimate father. I remember when we got married and my wife's mom is not here with us. And so we heaven was about to come. And, you know, ladies hormones are going up and down during those times. You don't know who you're going to talk to one minute or the next minute. Brothers, please don't raise your hand. Okay, don't raise your hand if she did that. But, uh, you know, my wife was in that moment at that time and she was crying and and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have my mom here to tell me what to do because this was her first baby. And man, I didn't have no clue what to say to this girl. I didn't have a clue. And then the wisdom of God dropped down on me and he said, ask her who was was, uh, Adam and Eve's daddy. And Adam and Eve's mama. Guess who Adam and Eve's mama and daddy was? God. And if you'll write down in Psalm 23, uh, 2017, it says that when my mother and my father forsakes me, the Lord will take me up. So whether you have a dad, seen a dad, know a dad, it don't matter because he's the greatest dad. And so God is what? With us. Everybody say God is with us. Amen. God is with us. Turn to Psalm 23. Go to Psalm 23 quickly. And then we're going to go to our next point here. Psalm 23. And I want to look in verse 1. See, we don't understand that sometimes when things go wrong or times are tough, that the question that always comes and pops up in people's mind is, God, where are you? Have you ever asked that question to yourself when something was going wrong and it didn't go the way you planned or something happened to you? and You say, God, where are you? Well, the Bible says in Psalm 23, look in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And God restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his sake and let me show you what else God does when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death he says fear no evil because I'm right there so even though you don't feel God you don't see God you don't feel air but you're breathing it and God is saying if you will trust me know that I am right there with you but you know I found that sometimes people can be with you but not for you everybody say back in the day back in the day big said the last one that was up there singing you know we hung out listen we went to preschool together we went to elementary school together we went to junior high together we went to high school together we went to college together and then we transferred to another college together we've been together I was keeping him out of trouble the whole time. <laughs> Trust me. Well, you know, I was a jokester in school. I couldn't fight because I was little. See, now I can handle myself. But well, Back then, I was like 5'5 five, five in the 10th grade. I was a little big fella. So, you know, when people got with me, I would start scoring on them. You know, that just means start talking about them. And so I would get in these scoring contests. And so we would talk about each other. And I was wearing this dude out. You hear me? I was wearing this cat out in high school. And he got upset with me and hit me. Bam. Well, see, Big Said was with me, but Big Said was also for me because Big Said knocked him out. Bam. I just walked around that dude. Don't do that no more. Because we need to see God is not just with us. He is for us. The Bible says in Psalm 46, one. you can write that down. God is our refuge and he's our strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. If you find trouble in your life, stop talking about the trouble and talk to your God. Amen. And so what happens is sometimes we let the things in life get the best of us. Go to Psalm 84. Since you're in Psalm, I might as well get you to turn there. Go to Psalm chapter 84. Psalm 84. And here's the thing I want you to know. God wants the best for us whether you think that or not. You know, sometimes we allow the circumstances in life to make us think that God doesn't want the best for us. But I want to show you in his word today that he wants what's best for you. In Psalm 84, look now in verse 11. It says here, for the Lord God, he's a son. It is about to say about what what they sung about today. And he's a shield. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And any tongue that rises up against you, don't even pay attention to it because God's going to prove it to be wrong. Listen, the best thing you can do to your enemies is ignore them. Amen. But then the next verse says the Lord, watch this now, he will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. In other words, even in our biggest mistakes, problems and setbacks, God is still there. Amen. I remember when my wife, uh, when we, uh, probably about three months ago, or I don't know how old that Landon was, but Landon's a very strong little boy. And so she was trying to get something out of the trunk of the car. She had him with one hand like this, and he has a habit of jerking back. Any kids have a, you know, y'all kids do that too? Well, he jerked back out of her arms, and he fell upside down from here on top of his head on the cement in the driveway. But see, what we also sometimes don't know is not God is just not with us. He's for us because Landon today is even better than he was then. When we took Landon to the hospital, mama was the one that needed some Prozac. Oh, Landon was just fine. It was mama that we almost had to strap down and give her some kind of sedative solution or something. And let me just throw this in there real quick. Sometimes we confuse the consequences of our mistakes and our sins and our behaviors on God judging us. See, God's judgment ain't like that. See, let me tell you something. You can't blame God if you run the red light and you get a ticket. That's the consequences of your heavy foot. So we can't blame God on things that don't attribute to him. The Bible says only good and perfect gift comes from God. So if you see some negative stuff coming, you need to put up the shield of faith and say, devil, you are a liar. Amen. Amen. But then God is not just with us and he's not just for us, but he forgives us. The Bible says in Psalms that he removes our sins as far as from the east is from the west. When he does that, let me say something to you. God can't find the last sin you confessed. Did you hear what I said? See, I, I remember one time I was praying and I asked the Lord to forgive me for something. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, what do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? You don't remember me doing that? He said, no, because if you've already confessed it, it's gone. I don't remember it no more. But see, the devil wants us to remember it. But see, you got to understand that God's forgiveness is powerful. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sin, see, that's our part. But this is what God does. He says, not only will I forgive you for your sins, he says, I'm going to cleanse you now from how that sin made you feel. And that's why you got to confess the word. When you mess up, just say, listen, Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses my conscience from dead works to serving the living God. I will no longer walk in condemnation because therefore there is now no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus. God is for us. God is with us. God forgives us. And God loves us. You know, I don't know if you've ever experienced somebody who you liked and they didn't like you. Have you ever had a crush on somebody growing up? And they, you know, they look better than you, so you didn't have no time of day with them. I guess I'm the only one. Okay. All right, let me go on this side. I guess those are all the pretty people on that side. Let me go on this side. Anybody over here? Ever been in a situation, you know, like in high school, you had a crush on somebody and, you know, they didn't, they didn't see you. You were like the wall on the, on the, yeah. Okay. That's an honest crowd over there. Praise the Lord. Well, God's not like that. Let me tell you such a powerful secret as I close. I remember years ago I was praying in the banana bushes. You remember, I lived in Jamaica for two years, so I was on the mission field, and I was praying in the banana bushes and my parents growing up <laughs> i was that's where I prayed when nobody messed with me. They't already had banana bushes, you know where you actually grow bananas, so a banana whatever a tree or bush we just read bush in the Bible. A banana tree then, okay? But a tree is not just this tall, though. That's a bush to me. So that's how long, about how tall the banana bushes was, by right here. So I'm praying in the banana bushes, you know, because it was shady down there, too. So uh, my parents had a duty board growing up. I don't know about you all, but it was like, you know, they put this board up, and uh, whatever duties or chores you had, we got like $5 a day or whatever it was. And so I became very task-oriented. And if you don't watch it, you can carry that task orientation in God. And I remember I went back to my room, and this is what the Lord told me. He says, "Edmund, there is nothing you could ever do or not do that would stop me from from you seeing the constant love that I have for you. This is what he said. He says, I love you so much that when you got saved, my love for you didn't change from when you wasn't saved. He says, I love you enough to let you go to hell, and my love still wouldn't change for you. I said, I dig it it dog. Ain't that a God right there? Listen, there's some people right here in this room that if you don't allow God to love you, he'll love you all the way to where you're going. But the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish. So God don't want us to perish, but it's our decision. And sometimes God will do something in your life and you think it's the worst thing that happened to you and it ain't. It was the best. See, some of y'all ought to be happy you didn't marry some of those fools you was dating. Did I say fool? Let me rewind that one. Some of y'all ought to be happy you didn't marry some of those jokers that you married. Did I say jokers? Let me rewind that one. Did some of y'all marry? You better be glad you didn't marry that man or that woman. In other words, some of those people you were dating in jail right now. You'd be writing them through the post office with a wedding ring on your hand. Sometimes God will do something that you think is bad for you. I'm going to close with this story. There was a preacher in the uh, country of Colombia, Biggest church in, Amer- uh, in the world right now. It's like they got like 200,000 members of this church. So this man converted so many people to Christ that the mob and the drug lords hated him. So they had to protect this man With Uzis, guns, machine guns, dogs, the whole night. Everywhere he went, he had to have that protection because the mobs were trying to kill him because they were converting so many people over to Christianity. People stopped buying drugs. People stopped doing bad stuff. And so they just wanted to kill this man. So he was doing a pastor's conference one night and someone had given him a very, very, very expensive watch. This is probably on the level of, uh, I don't know brightly maybe Cartier some way up, some crazy number and uh he was up there preaching and God spoke to him and told him to give his watch to one of the pastors in the audience and you know how when God wants us to give something we start wrestling with God right how many have done that some of y'all did it this morning I don't want to write my tithe I know I got paid I got a bill coming up you better pay your tithe praise the Lord and so this man was wrestling with God and uh Finally, he just gave up and said, you know what, I'm going to show myself as a good giver. And see, I don't know why people think that being sad when you give is a sin. It didn't say that God hates a non cheerful giver. It doesn't say that because I've given some big offerings and I wasn't happy when I did it. So this pastor, it wasn't that he wasn't happy. He just wasn't, you know... You know, whatever. So he give the man the watch and the guy didn't want to take the watch because when he looked at the, the, the watch and he saw the, the brand. He's like, oh, no, I can't take that watch from him. And so finally, the guy was like, listen, I'll tell you what, I'll take your watch if you take mine. So this guy had a, just a plain stainless steel watch on kind of old watch. He gave it to the pastor. The pastor took it because if he had to take it, the guy wouldn't have took his watch. So he took the watch. He put it on. They got ready to leave the location and then they got mobbed by the mob everybody getting shot up and and everything people lost their lives and and uh he ends up getting rushed in the hospital because he got shot but check this out when the doctor saw him the bullet had hit the watch that was stainless steel and the doctor said to him this is a true story the doctor said to him had you had on any other kind of watch that bullet would have went through the watch went through your wrist and your hand was close to your body it would have went inside of you and you'd have died And even though he thought God was trying to take something from him, God was trying to save his life. And I believe there are some people here today, God may be trying to save your life with every head.